Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Well, Kansas State started off the season with a kerplunk. The Wildcats lose at home to Arkansas State, 35 31. Arkansas State had a game under its belt, and it kind of looked like it. But boy, I didn't expect Kansas State to be that ragged. Welcome to the Go Powercat Powercat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. I am Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowercat.com, and I am joined on this postgame podcast every week and also the pregame podcast by former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley. He played on those amazing 97 and 98 teams and now he serves as our analyst and right now we're both going to serve as post-game counselors <laughs> to try to, to get you through what's going on here. Oh brother, that stunk. Well, at least we're yeah. sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. That doesn't stink. It's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing, willy apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Well, Brian, I knew the offensive line was going to be an issue. I knew that uh, inexperience would really be hard to come overcome because no spring football, limited summer, thrown into the fire, and it was bad, but it only got worse when Noah Johnson, the quarterback of the offensive line at center, went down on play number three of the season, and they ended up with their third string center at one point. But really, the center wasn't much of the problem. The problem was the offensive line didn't run block and they didn't pass block. Yeah, it, it was bad. I, I knew it was going to be – there was going to be an issue. I knew it was going to be ragged. But they just – I mean, it looked like they had not practiced together hardly at all. I mean, that's what it looked like. It looked like they hadn't practiced. It looked like they, they just – they, they got beat up. Let's just call it what it is. They got pushed around, and that was a little disheartening for me. I thought they would at least compete. It looked like they stopped competing, too, which that that's, you know, a whole other issue in itself. But because we couldn't run the ball, they couldn't pass block, but it looked like the guys stopped competing, which I don't want to be too hard on them because they're still just kids. But we can't have that if we're going to have any kind of a season. Yeah, I agree. They're going to have to get settled on that offensive line. It was uh, – I'll be intrigued to hear what the coaches have to say. Let's put it that way. After they go back and watch the film and kind of diagnose what went wrong and uh, if everyone's healthy for next week, who lines up where along this offensive line? Because there were some guys that honestly were a little bit disappointing. I thought they'd be further along, and uh, they weren't getting to their spots. Every time they tried to do anything pulling – 
guys just didn't get to their spots in time. And I, I don't know, Brian, you're the offensive lineman. Is that just something that comes with experience or is that something that is a big concern because it just didn't look like they were athletic enough to get where they needed to go? I, you took the words right out of my mouth. They just weren't athletic enough to get to where they were going. There was way too much penetration on any time we were trying to pull any fold blocks. The guy that they were trying to block down on every single time that guy was in the backfield. And it was like the guys, they just weren't athletic enough to stop any of it. You know, even on the good run plays that we had, they were just going side to side. I mean, we got, no push. I mean, I've never been at a Kansas State football game or watched one or been a part of one. We didn't get any push all day long. And that, that was the case today. They just they, they couldn't move the guys around. Even on the good run plays that we had, it was all running back. It was all running back and receivers blocking on the end of the line or the running backs blocking. But it wasn't the line. It was a bad day. Let's just chalk it up to a bad day and hope they get better. Well, I, I don't know that they got room to get worse because that was pretty awful for most of the game. Uh, let's move on to other headaches. Skylar Thompson was a real mixed bag. He he was good at times, not so good at others. He missed some deep throws that seemed to be available. Uh, he also got dinged in the head pretty good at one point. Uh, what was your thoughts on Skylar Thompson? Because I know this, a lot of fans are being very hard on the senior quarterback. I mean, uh- to me, it was the same, the same old, same old. It was he played good in spots, he played bad in spots. Uh, there were times when he got rid of the ball decisively. There were times where he just held it and held it and held it. It was just the same. It was just like nothing has it was any different. Um, again, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna be a guy that's just gonna bash kids because that's just not who I am. But I will tell it like it is, and he just it didn't look any different than what it did last year. I mean, there's those throws to those open receivers down the field when they were stacking and saying, hey, I dare you to throw it. You have to make them. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. You've been a quarterback here for five years. You have to be able to make those throws. And he couldn't do it. And, and you know, I know that some of them, we might have dropped one or maybe the receiver, but their throws were open. And listening to it or watching it on the TV telecast, Joel Klatt was exactly right. You know there's no safety over the top. There's nobody back there. You don't have to straighten up the receiver as they're running the route. Just throw it to the open spot and let him run under it. He didn't do that. And I just, again, I I want him to succeed. He's going to have to succeed if we're going to be good. But I don't. I don't think there was anything different, Tim, to be honest with you, from, from last year to this year. Yeah, that was very, very frustrating. You're exactly right. Skylar Thompson, 17 of 29 uh, completions to attempts, 259 yards, and two TDs. He was sacked twice. You look at the numbers, it doesn't seem bad, but he just missed some opportunities. And honestly, he had some receivers drop some balls they needed to catch. But I tell you what, uh, that last deep throw to Sebastian Taylor where he had already crossed Skyler's face. So Skyler knew he had to throw it out to the left, and he threw it straight down the middle of the field. I'm not sure Sebastian ever really saw the ball. It was kind of behind his line of vision. And you just got to give your receiver a chance in that and just lay it out there and let him go get it, particularly when he's got his guy beat with two steps and there's no one back to help. It was That one really hurt. That would have been a game changer um, just because it would have really boosted the spirits of this team. Yeah, that that was 
again, I'm not going to get too hard on him, but you just have to be able to make those throws. I mean, that's that's football one on one as a quarterback. And no, no, I mean, no safety deep. Your guys wide open. Just throw it to the. I mean, they teach you that in in middle school football. Just throw it to the open area and let your receiver run under it. I mean, if I've heard that once, I've heard it a million times, and it just didn't seem like he was able to do that. And you have to be – I mean, because if you talk to, to quarterbacks, they'll tell you that's the easiest throw to make. Yeah. They'll tell you. I mean, that's the easiest throw that, that there is. And if you can't do that on a consistent basis, that's there's problems. It's going to be problems. Yep, it was a major problem. Uh, but the only problems for this team didn't exist on the offensive side of the ball. The score was 35-31. No. 31 should win you the game against Arkansas State. Yes. I thought the Red Wolves on offense were well-defined. They looked like a team had played a game. They knew what they wanted to do, and they knew what they could do against Kansas State. K-State gave up 489 yards and 26 first downs to Arkansas State out of the Sun Belt. You know, if that's not bad enough, how about this stat? This one just really sticks out to me because this is K-State's strength on defense typically. Arkansas State averaged 4.8 yards per carry on 33 rushes. They only ended up with 159, but, Brian, they owned the line of scrimmage. Uh, I thought that defensive front would be better than that, and they kind of got pushed around, and honestly, they got out-schemed at times. If they can't stop the run, those poor defensive backs don't stand a chance when they're in a situation where they got a receiver like Arkansas State had. Well, my thing was is that I get it. It's the first game of the year. You're going to be vanilla. You're going to be vanilla. But it seemed like we were went vanilla at the cost of losing a football game. And I thought, what are we doing? Change something up. Blitz some guys from time to time. Do something different. Because if this is all we're going to do is sit back and cover two and just let them pick us apart, I mean, and that's what they did. I mean, football is counting. And especially in today's day and age, all you have to do is count. And every time we lined up on the, the the weak side, they had three guys, and we had three. They had three guys that could block us. And all they did was they kept running to the weak side. And I'm like, we're never going to make a change out of this, are we? And we didn't. We didn't. Especially the second half. I mean, it was just Katie bar the door. Yeah. They figured it out, and we made zero adjustment to it. And I thought. Are we just going to be vanilla no matter what? We're not going to change, and that's what happened. Like, we just didn't do anything different. And I'm like, well, okay, you're going to be a vanilla at the cost of a football game. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't care who you're playing. You don't do that and lose football games. That's how you lose kids' confidence. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know if it was a situation where Joe Klanderman, the new defensive coordinator, didn't feel like he had enough experience on the field. They were down to – you know, third string safety here, and you know they just really were shuffling the deck quite a bit, and they it looked like it. But at the end of the day, Jonathan Adams uh, just owned Kansas yeah. State. I, yeah. This this receiver, I mean, they were talking about he's not ready for the NFL. He looks like he's in the NFL physically. He was a complete mismatch for Kansas State. Eight catches, ninety eight yards, three touchdowns. They needed something. He posted someone up, and boy, was he physical. He got away with some uh, pushing and shoving, uh, and to his credit, yep. he made the most of it. Uh, I was just really impressed, but also disappointed in how Kansas State 
went about defending him. You knew where the ball was going at times, and yet the corner had no help. Didn't compete either, though, Tim. Yeah. A guy that could be able to compete. I know he was bigger. I know he was pushing. But you know what? It's football. So that's going to happen. Guys just didn't compete out there. They almost thought, well, we're Kansas State and we're better than them. Well, that guy was better than everybody. And there wasn't anything that anybody could do about it because he had 98 yards receiving. He could have had more if they wanted it. So that's the one thing that we can't forget is like, I know he had 98 yards. It could have been 198 if they wanted to throw it to him. But we they just didn't compete. And it's just like you said, and they had no help. It's like you said, we didn't make an adjustment at all to what they were trying to do. I'm like, down on the goal line situations or, you know, at 15 yards going in, I'm like, hey, we got to double this guy. They're going to throw it to him. We're not big enough out there to stop him one-on-one. We never did it. We never did it. And, it, again, like I said before, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you just can't go vanilla at the cost of losing a football game because that doesn't help anybody and doesn't help anything. You've got to go win football games when the opportunity presents itself. And it didn't seem like the, the scheme, kind of what you meant before, said before, we didn't scheme ourselves to allow us to win the football game. When they knew what we were doing, you know, or we knew what they were doing, we didn't change. Right. Uh, I didn't have a good feeling about this game. I know our Ryan Wallace had a horrible feeling about this game. I thought K-State would find a way to win. I never imagined the defense would be that bad. And that's really, at the end of the day, the offense scored enough points to win. And they even missed two field goals, which is, you know, so unlike Blake Lynch. Uh, They put enough points up. Uh, The defense didn't do its job. But no one on this team was good enough, including the coaching staff. Any alarm bells with this being the start of season two for Chris Kleiman or this pandemic season just going to always have an asterisk next to it? And I, I, coming into the game, I, I thought even if they lose to Arkansas State, the way this preseason's gone, they got two weeks to regroup for Big 12 and just move on to the Big 12. But now that it's happened, I'm like, yuck, that was awful. Well, it's awful. The one thing that I will say, and I've been either – a part of Kansas State football or a spectator with a a great interest in Kansas State football since 1997. The difference between week one and two is always great. That is the only saving grace that I can think about this. The the performance, and it doesn't matter who the coach is. The performance, because if you remember last year, week one, we didn't look very good either. Week two, we looked like gangbusters. So it's the, the, and that, that goes for a lot of teams, a lot of teams, not just Kansas state. So that would be the one saving grace is that the difference between week one, then definitely having a week off, we should look better, but guys are going to have to compete and we're going to have to change things in a hurry because that was not a good performance. It, It was just call it what it is. It was an awful performance all the way around from everyone, but I don't want to just make it a sour bell that we can't get better because you can get better. Not having spring ball is an absolute killer. I mean, it is just a killer. And for an offensive, old offensive lineman, not being able to practice, you're coming in with all new offensive linemen. I mean, that's a nightmare scenario. It just is. Now, having said that, the guy's got to be better. I don't care if you've practiced together or not. you got to play better than what they played. Because that was pathetic. But at the same time, 
not being able to work and get that feel for each other. I mean, that's a real thing. People don't think that it is, but it is. That's a real thing. Just knowing where your guy's going to be, how he's going to block this guy if we're on a stretch play, how this guy's going to block if we're on a fold block or whatever the case may be, it's a real thing. And so we just got to get better. We got to go back and just get back to the drawing board, practice, practice, practice. I know it's hard with COVID. I know things are a lot different, so – but we're going to have to do something because we can't we can't play like this. And I'll be honest, we can't play like this and beat anybody. Yeah, we're, we're not going to beat anybody if we can if we play like this. So we have to just oh, you know what? It was a bad performance. Let's get back in the drawing board. Let's get back to what we do and let's work. Let's work. Let's work. And then let's come out with a better performance the following week and get better from there and go from there. Well, the good news is they do get a week off. The bad news is when they have the next game, they'll be going to Norman, Oklahoma, to play the Sooners on the 26th and another big noon slot at 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. So there's that. It's not easy <laughs> playing at Oklahoma, but at least you get to do it right out of the gate and in front of a limited crowd. From the golf course to the tailgate, show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golf Wear, Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com and use the code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And as we go to break, let's hear from Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman, who did not sugarcoat it after the game. He was not pleased with what he saw, but here's how the Kansas State head coach summarized this defeat to Arkansas State. We didn't play particularly well. I know the, what what the guys have gone through the last month to five weeks trying to prepare to play, and we can't make excuses. The guys that played, um, we're counting on to play and have success and, and make plays when they have the opportunities. And uh, um, I said to the guys in the locker room, this is the kind of adversity we're going to face all year, not knowing who's going to be in, not who, knowing who's going to be out. But that's that's reality. That's that's the dealt, hand we're dealt. And you have to be prepared to, to tee it up and play. We're going to take a little break now on the PowerCat postgame podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. I promise there were some good things about the game. We will talk about that and take your questions from Wabash Station right after this break. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, 
Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. K-State loses 35-31 to Arkansas State to open the pandemic 2020 season. I, You know what, Brian Hanley, Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley, I'm not a big fan of 2020. I, I just, I, This is not working out well for me at all. Oh, my goodness. Well, K-State did lose, and uh, there weren't a lot of positives, but, my friend, there were some positives. Yes. Let's start with free safety Will Jones II, or excuse me, uh, nickelback Will Jones II. Uh, Block punt. He had a fumble recovery, I think. He just played an all-around solid game. If on the back end of the defense, he's the guy that – well, what else can I say? He didn't look bad. He looked really good at times, but he just didn't get torched as much as everyone else because it looked like that was going around. Yeah, it, well, yeah. I, mean, I thought he played a really good game. You know, I, I just thought that it was, you know, there wasn't a lot of positives, but you got to at least talk about the good things when, you know, when you see them. So you got to talk about the good things. So I thought that part of the defense, you know, him out there playing, he competed kind of what I was mentioning before, he competed. And that's what was so frustrating. So when you get, at least you have that to look at. And the coaches have that to look at and to point at and to hammer into everybody. Say, hey guys, look, he was competing. So this is how we need to play. This is how we need to practice. This is what we need to do to move on each weekend to keep getting better. Okay, let's straighten this out. Will Jones the second had a punt block and interception. And then Wayne Jones had six tackles and one fumble recovery, and it was Wayne Jones that was injured and taken off the field. Let's hear from Coach Kleiman now in the postgame with how Jones is doing. He was moving his extremities, which I was really, really pleased with when I was out there. I don't know quite where all the injury was, but they were more concerned with um, head, neck, back, those things. But he had feeling in his hands, had feeling in his toes and feet. So um, same prayers for Wayne. He's one of my favorite guys. Just absolutely love him uh, and the player and person he is. And, and uh, hopefully he'll be okay. Okay, Brian, there were some other guys that stood out, and it was on the offensive side of the ball. And we got to start with the, the double-deuce coop here. Uh Deuce Vaughn, man, this little kid, he's just, we've been hearing about him, hearing about him, hearing about him, but he is the real deal. He had 12 rushes for 47 yards and a touchdown off a pass reception. Uh, There is something really special there, and he got all those yards with, let's be blunt, bad blocking. He had to always make someone miss at the point of attack. Uh, He didn't run free all day long unless he created the space, and he can create space. Very promising. Yes. I mean, very, very promising. You know, it's like you said, there was nothing going with the running game all day. So anything that was made was all by running backs. He's going to be an explosive player. I know he's little and I know he's small, but you know what? I don't think that was a deterrent. I mean, he played just fine for me for what we need him to do. You know, obviously you're not going to run him 35 times in between the tackles. I mean, that would be insane. But at the same time, for what we can do and what we do on an offensive basis, 
He's going to fit in. He's going to be explosive. We need him on the football field as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to learn to do some things better. He missed some uh, cut blocks on pass situations that were costly. He'll get better. He mentioned that in postgame as he handled himself very well in the postgame press conference. Tight end, Bradley Moore, welcome to Kansas State. You are what you were Mm -hmm. promised to be. Six catches, 54 yards. I think as we progress here, we're going to see Skyler go to him even more. There's a connection between the two. It's obvious. But more than that, he's a Travis Kelsey matchup issue for defensive backs. He's very athletic. He's big and physical. um, And he just finds his way to get open. Look at him more often, even though he had six catches, because when he's available, he's going to catch the ball. And that's that was needed at times today. And absolutely was, Um, you know, it's something that we haven't seen in a little while from Kansas State tight end. Um, but he was definitely, I mean, it was just a welcome surprise. I mean, I know everybody talked about, but, you know, until you really see it, you don't really know. And well, today we got to see it and he is the real deal. So we, just what you said, we got to look to him more often, um, because he's going to be a weapon in the passing game and just looking at what other teams do and how other teams attack big 12 teams, the tight end of the position is the, the guy's always open. Tight end position is always open. So I look forward to him in matchups down the road against teams in the Big 12. I feel like he's going to have some really big games for us. Yeah, I agree. Another guy that I liked was Sebastian Taylor. And he he had four catches in the game for 98 yards. And they ran a jet jet sweep with him. And I thought it was very effective. He's finally becoming the guy we thought he could be, and they really need him to be available because he could be exactly what Adams was for Arkansas State, a big receiver that's hard to match up with as he continues to learn this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought it was a welcome surprise, but we definitely need him. We need him on that other side from Knowles. Uh, We're going to need some guys that can catch the football. You know, it can't just be one or two guys out there trying to catch the football. That doesn't work, not in this league. So we're going to need some other people to be able to do it. And he he looked the part. So I'm excited about it. You know, all you can say is he got his opportunity and he presented, he, you know, performed well in the, the, chan- the time that he got his opportunity. So got to get the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, there's some obviously some things that he can still do better, still get better at. But for what he did today, there's no, I mean, you can't say anything negative about the way he played t- football today. Yeah, I would agree with that. Let's take some questions from Wabash Station right now. Wildcat Pilot 88, he wants to know, uh, were there many any flashes of a bright future for the offensive line unit? Was it more bad than good or good than bad? I think it was more bad than good. But um, you're the old lineman. Did you see some positives? You know, at the near the end of the game, I did see the positives because we were able to run the football, and when we scored the last touchdown, we were able to run the football and score that way. So at the end of the game, I, f- I thought, I don't know if it was, hey, maybe they got tired or maybe we just figured something out, but we were able to run the football at the end of the game. So whatever we were doing then and the guys were doing then, and maybe it was about, uh, hey, desperation. Oh, we're going to lose if we don't do something here. Yeah. That could have set in. That could have been part of it, too, because it was really, really bad. And, again, it, it was bad. I, I I don't think I've ever seen a Kansas State offensive line play this way 
ever. Not not since I've been watching. And it was bad. But there were the, again, the bright spot into the game, they were able to make that happen. So and you know, near the, they were able to pass block a little bit at times. At times. Not you know, the majority of the time, but at times. I think there's some some things there that we can get better at. But I think for the most part, we just gotta get the guys to compete. You know, because yeah. if they're here, they're playing, I think we just got to get those guys to compete. I mean, if they're not any good, then they're just not any good. But you know what? You can be average and play hard and be better than what we were today. So that's I think that's what just has to happen. We just need the guys to go out there and compete 100 percent. And then we'll, we'll, you know, the chips will fall where they may. I, I got to be blunt here. There's a couple of the offensive linemen that. In the past, we haven't heard that they're up to Big 12 caliber. And honestly, today they didn't look that way, and it's very disappointing. But who for KSU kind of takes us back to a point, how bad was the loss of starting center Noah Johnson on that first series? Look, there's no experience on this line outside of Josh Rivas. But Noah Johnson's a captain. I mean, they believe in him. He's... He's really been a strong leader and a, a very good player in practice. We don't know how good of a player he is on in game days because we saw three plays. But losing right. your center right out of the, the gate has got to hurt. Oh, I mean, that's a nightmare. I mean, the center makes the line calls. You know, it, it gets everybody so they know what they're doing. I mean, it's an absolute nightmare. And then you get a guy that's your captain that everybody's looking to to lead. And maybe that was part of it, too. Maybe guys just hung their heads and thought, oh, man, our leader's out. What are we going to do? We were dependent on him for everything, which is another part. You got to figure out stuff on your own a little bit because you can't just depend on one guy because it is football. Guys get hurt. And it, it just – I mean, but it's a crushing, crushing blow to lose your center on the third yeah. play. I don't care from peewee football – to the Super Bowl champions. You lose your center on the third play of a football game, especially the first game of the year with an inexperienced line. Hmm. I don't know how it gets worse. Yeah, it, it it looked that way. KSU Man takes us back to a topic we talked about in the first half of the podcast and probably should touch on it again. Were you surprised we saw Skyler make the same mistakes today we've seen in the past? I, d- I actually didn't see him make all the same mistakes. I didn't see him flee to the right and get sacked because he put his tackle in a bad position. Uh, but I did see him make some throwing errors that continue to be a problem for him. And honestly, Brian, I know it's not easy to play with a new offensive line. you got to be able to trust him, and that was awfully difficult today. But he has to be better than what he was on some key plays. Got to be better. I mean, there's just no no excuse. I know he got beat up. I mean, he did get beat up. Uh, the line, but it's just what you said. You got to trust him. You got to stand in there and throw the football and make the throws. Because if you're not going to stand in there and make the throws, then there's no reason for you to play. And I'll just be honest, there's, there isn't. Because if you're not going to do that, then you got to get somebody else that's going to do that. So, and it's not that he wasn't trying. So, I'm not saying he wasn't trying to do it, but you got to be able to go and make the plays, make it happen. You know, stand in there and make the throws. The offensive line hopefully will get better. So, then that will help. Um, but some of the stuff that he was doing, again, is just the throwing errors. But I didn't see, you know, I didn't see a whole lot of until the end of the game, you know, that, that a couple times he was running out to his right. Uh, the, the last throw at the end of the game, I don't even know what that was. Hmm. Um, but 
he's he's got to be better. He's he just has to be better. F- college football, you win when you have a good when you have good quarterback play. That's just the way that it works. I'm sorry. I, 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 there's no way other way to put that. College no college football teams win with average quarterback play. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. A couple people point out that it was interesting when they did go to someone else because Skyler was dinged up. They didn't go to Nick Oss. They went to the true freshman, Will Howard. And Davin Carey wants to know, is he is Will Howard the future at quarterback? And we only saw him two plays, and the first one was a horribly blocked quarterback draw. It was just – there was nothing there. Um, but the second was a nice throw down the middle of the field to Jack Stanine. That showed a lot of promise. Um, I'm not calling for Skyler's head. I'm not going to do that. I'm not that guy. But uh, I think Will Howard probably needs more snaps whenever they can get him some snaps because there is something with this kid. It's it's obvious. I saw it immediately. I yelled it to my wife. I go, if this is the guy that's playing behind, I go, because it was drop back. I'm going to put play action. I'm going to be decisive and throw it to the fullback running down the middle of the field. It was on a rope, and it was extremely accurate. I said, he's got something. He's got something. Yeah, he does. Now, again, I'm not going to say that, you know, we need to make a quarterback change after one week. I mean, that would be insane. And, again, Skyler didn't play horrible. You know, I mean, and nobody's going to play good behind that offensive line play. I hate to keep bringing that up, but it was just, it was pathetic. But he's got something. He's got something. He's got to get some more snaps when the opportunity presents itself. He's got to get him in. He's a big kid. They ran a quarterback power, so clearly he's he's able to move, or they wouldn't have done that because Skyler got no quarterback run plays today. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack golf wear, caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com and use the code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Well, a week off, Brian Hanley. They get the week off, and they're going to stew on this one. This one's going to stick in the old craw for a while. They're going to. This one's going to sting. They're going to go back and look at film, and it's going to be like watching a horror film because it's going to be awful. Yeah. They're not going to find much they like. They're going to find a lot of mistakes. I'm glad they have two weeks to try to clean up mistakes, but bottom line, they have to play to an identity and play with more confidence than what we saw today. And I don't care if that next opponent is Kansas, which it's not, or Oklahoma, which it is. You're going to lose in the big 12. If you're that indecisive and don't play with more spirit than they did in this lost Arkansas State. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It just comes down to competing. If you don't go out there and compete and bust it, then you're not going to win. And the guys, again, you can be average football players, but go out there and compete, and you're going to win some football games. Didn't seem like they did that today. Didn't seem like they they were out there to to knock somebody's head off. They didn't seem like they were doing that. Now maybe some of that's the, there's not there's limited crowd. Maybe it was some of that. But you know what? You play football games on the road, and you don't have a whole lot of people rooting for you on the road. So I don't want that to be the excuse because Arkansas State didn't use it as an excuse. Um. But guys just have to play better. But th- on the flip side of it, I don't 
don't think Arkansas State's a bad football team either. You know, we can say that they're in the Sun Belt, but they have some players. They're not a horrible football team. So it's not that embarrassing to lose. The embarrassing part is the comp- it is the way we competed, right. in my opinion. It's just the way we competed. We just did not compete. When when it the, the intensity got turned up and the game was got tight, you know, in the middle quarters, they stepped up and took control of the football game, and we were on our heels just trying to fight back. And I know we got the lead late, but it was, I mean, we got bailed out by an idiot play oh. from Arkansas State. I mean, that's that's how we got back in it. I mean, literally got bailed out. So it was just, I want the guys, if they do that, that's all I want. I don't mm-hmm. care what the score is against Oklahoma. Just want them to go and compete and play hard. His name's Brian Hanley. He's a former Kansas State offensive lineman on those great 97 and 98 teams, and he is our football analyst at GoParacad.com. He joins me on the pregame podcast every week, and, of course, it's him and I rolling on, or is it him and me? Boy, I, you, I should know that, Brian. We roll together on the postgame podcast, and I know this. We'll, we'll have some victories to cover this season. I am confident of that. This was not yes. a good way to start the year, but I don't think this is indicative of the team we'll see moving forward. I really believe nope. that. No, I, I think we're going to get better. I think we're, like I said, week one and two, we may not win at OU, no. but I believe we'll come out and compete at OU, and we'll play better at OU, and that's all we can ask for. I think we're going to be okay. Well, the old Big A got sun-belted upside the head today with both Oof. Arkansas State winning at Kansas State and Louisiana knocking off ranked Iowa State of names. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. You know, the worst thing for me about today was the fact that K-State lost and stole my opportunity to make Matt Campbell jokes. Oh, I just I, I had a good Matt Campbell tweet all typed up, and I had to delete it because K-State lost. It's just not oh. That's a bad day. <laughs> That's a bad day. Brian, thank you very much. I will call you later this week or next week with uh, – actually, I won't. I'll call you in two weeks. So we can do another pregame show. We'll take next week off along with the Cats. Folks, we appreciate you listening. We've been sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. K-State loses its opener to Arkansas State 35-31. Check out the coverage at GoParacat.com. And if you're not subscribing, you probably should because we will give you the scoop. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoParacat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.